Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, Chris Evans here to thank you for listening to my podcast. This week on the podcast, Vassos took his life in his own hands to clean the windows right here at the top of the news tower. Tom Hughes revealed the time he spoke to Alex Ferguson on the phone as a kid and then Alex called him back. And Stephen Mulhern and I come up with ideas on the fly for a brand new TV show, the likes of which you may have heard a bit about before. Ricky Wilson from Kaiser Chiefs telling us about his stadium gig in Leeds and Sunday brunches Tim Lovejoy getting pulled up and exactly how much he's contributed to his brand new cookbook with his pal Simon Rimmer who did most of the work all of that and more on the way enjoy my friends enjoy if you turn over to ITV this Saturday night you're almost guaranteed to see our next guest's face specifically 7.30 with In For A Penny and 9.15 on ITV2 with Britain's Got More Talent please welcome a man that looks simply spectacular in a gold sparkly jacket it's the unbelievable Stephen Mulhern good morning Stephen Good morning, how are you? Welcome officially, very well. It's lovely to meet you. I've never met you before. I don't think I've even been in the same room as you. No, and the weirdest thing of all is I've always wanted to meet you. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I have, yeah. And I, it's, it's funny, I was speaking uh, only yesterday on Sunday brunch and they showed a picture of myself with Emma Bunton about... Because I did the warm-up for their um, audience with the Spice Girls. Right. And I had this quite loud suit on, which was very <laughs> much influenced from when you were doing Tier 5 Friday. Yeah. And uh, don't forget your toothbrush yeah, yeah. and... Yeah, so it's it's interesting, isn't well, it? but it's a pleasure to be here. No, Thanks it's good. So much. It's great, and I love. I think you're brilliant on the telly. I think you're fantastic on the telly. You're a point and shoot presenter, so they can just point a camera at you, and you can, I can't take my eyes if you think you're fantastic. So, in for a penny. Started as a funny little bit, and yeah. has now grown, yeah. uh, evolved, exploded yeah. into its own show. First of all, for people who haven't seen it, uh, by the way, where have you been? It's brilliant. Uh, tell them what it is, uh, how it began, and where we are now. Right. So it started on Saturday Night Takeaway. Antoinette came up with the idea, and it, the basic idea is this. If you've got a penny, you get through to four rounds, get to the fifth round, you can win yourself a grand, but you do need a penny to play. The games are so simple. Things like um, Pump It, and we've all played this at some point, where you put the nozzle into your into your tank of your car, you tell me what amount you want, say, let's say £30, <laughs> then you've only got two pumps. If you go a penny so over, good. a penny under, but if you get it bang on, I'll pay for your petrol. It's so good. I um, absolutely love it. There's a new game on this Saturday yep. um, called Weighed in, and I think this is right up your alley. Okay, so uh, <laughs> we're at an airport, yep. and people who are just about to fly, yep. they've got to try and guess the weight of their case, right. and they get three chances. So, for example, they go eighteen point two kilos. We'll put it on. If it's over, they're allowed to then take something out of their You're case. You're so excited about yeah, that, aren't you? <laughs> because, uh, because there was this one woman who opened her case, and of course, as soon as they opened her case, I'm straight in there. Yeah. I did, um, and uh, I said, what's this? <laughs> she went, that is a massager. It was no more a massager than, <laughs> and it was one of those moments. But it goes out, you know, on the 7th Hertz, yeah. Okay, give, give me another game, come on. Okay, I so, love these. Uh, these games are so good. Okay, so we've got the bucket game. So they, this couldn't be simpler. So you've got five buckets. Yep. Four of them are filled with ice-cold water. Uh, one of them is filled with confetti. Like you get it. three choices between <laughs> one and five, um, but um, each bucket will be poured over you. Right. Uh, so it'll be poured over you. There was a guy who was, it was about one, two o'clock in the afternoon, and he was all suited and booted. Yep. He said, I'll give it a go. Mm. I said, you do realise you could get really wet. 
He said, yeah, yeah, he said, I'm up for this. Yeah, 50 quid, yeah, that'd be lovely. Um, he said, I'm only on my lunch break. Anyway, he picks the first <laughs> bucket. I love bucket number two. We lift it. He's facing forwards, obviously. Pour it over. Water. Yeah. Next bucket, where, where are you going to go? I'll have bucket number four. Number four. But now his suit's gone from light blue to dark yeah, navy yeah, blue. Yeah, yeah. You've only got one. And I so want them to win. And uh, literally, he went, uh, okay, I'll go for... I'll go for bucket... No, I'm going to change it. I'll go for bucket number one. Got bucket number one. Again, water. And what was in five? The confetti. Oh, my God. But it's just these games that you know, kids and families. And honestly, Chris, the thing that I've noticed on social media, and I don't do a lot of social media, but over the weekend, the amount of families that are sending pictures of their kids going, I've never seen my boy laugh so much. And then adults, yourself... I'm literally going, it's just funny. It's brilliant. Well, you're playing with the world around you. And it's what we used to do on Toothbrush. We used to, but we used to bring people's bedrooms on. You know, we used to nick people's bedrooms when they were out of the house. We used to nick the whole bedroom. And we used to put it on the telly. But you're going to their bedroom to play these games. Or, you know, we did this thing called Float or Flush, um, where we got five toilets and you go along, you know, the, the, and the more you get right, the bigger the price becomes. And you'd be say, say okay, uh, Malteser, Float or Flush. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? And the whole country's going. I don't know. Would a Maltese float or would it flush? I'm not yeah, quite you sure. Play along. But they were all like your games. Like, what can we play? You look at a building site, right? What's funny on that building yeah, site? What can you do? I remember we um, there was a pizza delivery boy who had uh, a you know a chicken chaser scooter, and he he loved motorbikes, but he had he had a rubbish one, and he was saving up for one. And that's why he delivered pizzas. So we let him play for Harley Davidson. And oh. the way the way he played was we went to we got him twelve pizzas. He put all the twelve pizzas on the back of his chicken chaser. And then he had to go to a block of flats where we'd turn the block of flats into a sort of pigeonhole scoreboard and he had to get certain pizzas through certain windows and the families had to catch the pizzas amazing, yeah. and then if he caught enough he'd w- and he won the Harley Davidson and then he carried on delivering pizzas but on his Harley Davidson <laughs> I mean that's what you love this it. is what that's, you want yes it is well this is what you're doing well I'm so this, pleased for you but you you just get it because you've been there and you've done that's it great. Um, it's the funniest thing ever ah uh, well thank you I just hope you know when you just hope it continues and builds yeah. and builds yeah. because it starts off really well so I've got everything crossed so you could do, um, you could get like, you know, you know those Glade air fresheners that, yeah. that, that squirt from the top. You know, they've got the top nozzle. Yes. So they go up like a fountain. So, so you get, you know, you go to a street, you go, okay, um, today we're going to play Glade Expectations, right? We've never done this one, right? So you, you, you turn up in the street, you, right, you say, okay, we're doing Because the next thing to come is in for a penny live, isn't it? So what, oh, what you yes. want to do, Saturday nights, right, in for a penny live, okay? So the first series goes gangbusters and for, for like four one-offs that come around or to when the big schedules kick in, the big advertising money's there, right? And it gets dark at night so you can light the street better. Okay, we're going to pitch up in a street for in for a penny live. We could be at your street next week, right? And so, so you and then you announce where you're going to be like before the show that's on before you, but you're already there. Right. So, so if you're in this street, we're going to be in your street in an hour. Right, and if you want to play tonight, you'll need some Glade air freshener for one game. You need this, that, and the other. We're going to play the flush off uh, different game. So you get the street to play, and you get a champion in the street, and they win whatever they win, right? But Glade expectations, right? If you've got a, a, a kind of Glade, an aerosol of Glade air freshener and a ping pong ball, right? It's the person that can hover the ping pong ball the highest on the jet of yeah, air nice. freshener, you know, or for longs, or like a like an egg and spoon race, but with Glade but, and a ping pong ball. <laughs> I mean, this is not. This is just. It's great. This is like a dream. <laughs>
Do you know something? I'm going to walk out of here with a new series. <laughs> yes. But in for a penny live, you've got to do it. Yes, good in idea. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. She's been a hallmark of quality on British TV for over 30 years. Please welcome the superstar, Gabby Roslin. Yeah, what do you think, Gabs? Oh, thank you. He has the best teeth of anybody I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're very well framed in his freshly trimmed beard as well, <laughs> and his new haircut. Oh, he's very handsome. He's very handsome when he's he's very handsome when he's not handsome. What do you mean when you he's mean? not handsome? Last week, because last week he's a bit of a scruff bag, to be honest. Uh, but he's, he's, <laughs> you were, you were, you know, you were. I which was, is why you've I been quite first. It's true. You went to you went and got yourself groomed. Your wife was away. You had some spare time in your hands. You Mary condoed your whole bedroom, didn't you? It's true. Oh, did you do the whole thing? I did yeah. the whole thing. I did the cupboards and the drawers. Do you want to see the pictures? Oh, I've got oh, the pictures. Yes, do you want to see the pictures? Did you did you colour it? Did you put everything in its colour and everything I, in its yeah, place? I did everything in the, in the length. So I did the long stuff on the left, the short stuff on the right. Oh, it's so good. You do the rainbows. Everything subconsciously goes yes. back in the same place all the time. Yeah. Don't worry, we're all over. Is it Mary Kondo or Marie Kondo? Well, see, I, don't, uh, I quite like all of that, but I have my own way. I like to have my patterns together and I like to have yeah. my colours together yeah. and I ha- like to have all of that. But also, what I really like to do is get rid of the things that are just... You know that whole emotional tie you have to things? Yep. Get rid of those because then you don't have the emotional tie and you can just get on. But now I'm finding out about Marie Kondo yeah. and uh, who was the other one you had? Didn't you have her on your show? Mrs. Oh, Hinch. Mrs. Hinch. Oh, Mrs. Hinch. Yeah, Mrs. Yeah. Hinch. Go, go Hinch yourself. Yes. You and the other quarter of a million people who bought a book in the first minute. I'm going to go and have a look. <laughs> um, so you've got your pictures of your Marie Kondoing. I do. Do you want to put them on Instagram? I do. Okay, Gabby, would you like to see I'd them love first? To see them. Do you want to approve them before they go on Instagram or not? <laughs> yes, please. Can, if I could, because I, I love would Instagram. Would you like to see any other of Dave's pictures? I'd like. Maybe not all. Okay, of them. all right. Well, <laughs> I'm, you, I'm gonna let you two sort that out. All right, okay. that's okay. yeah. Uh, so Gabby uh, is in charge of the show. Shop smart, save money. It's a big hit on Channel Five, and episode three um, starts tonight, eight o'clock. Episode one uh, of eight. And so, what's gonna? How much? How much time do you dedicate to to the phenomenon of Easter egg shopping? Well, actually, quite a lot because Alexis Conran, my co-host, who's lovely from The Real Hustle, of course, people know him from that, uh, and he's on board. Uh, so he always does an investigation every week as yeah. well. He likes to really get to the nitty gritty of it all. So he's weighing out. Listen, I have to tell you though, when I so I turn up to do the show on a we we tape it on a Tuesday, so it goes out on a Thursday. And it's taped as Very, live. Yeah, well, yeah, and it's up to the minute. So everything you get is up to the minute. So it's I mean, as up to the minute as you can be if it wasn't is live. Is that because okay? things are changing all the time so quickly all nowadays? All the time, all, right. all the time. But every time I turn up and things change while we're actually taping on a Tuesday, we go up to Bradford. They are the most welcoming, lovely people. I love it up there. But every single time we tape it, things change whilst we're doing the actual show. And also I realise that how many times I had the wool pulled over my eyes so I go into a store because I love everybody knows now I'm very I'm allowed to be out about the fact that I love fashion I love shopping I enjoy shopping it makes me feel good even when I'm feeling a bit down going and buy that lipstick you know the whole thing that everyone says you just buy a lipstick and it makes you feel yeah. just that little bit better do you yeah, buy a lipstick it makes you feel better every time good. you have got fantastic it. lips by the way thank you Okay. Well, I, I, you know, even when they're lipstickless, they're gorgeous. Well, they're not lipstickless very, very frequently. Thank you. You, know, you can't kiss yourself. You can't kiss yourself either. Imagine if you could kiss yourself. Kiss yourself. Imagine if you could kiss yourself. Kiss your own lips. You Imagine mean. if you could do that. You can kiss your hand. Yeah, but you can't. You can't kiss yourself. You can't kiss yourself. Imagine if you could kiss you. If, if I could, if, if a human being could kiss, hold on, kiss themselves, I would kill for your lips, first. <laughs> can I just say? Did you say you can't tickle yourself? No, you, you can't. can't. Scientifically proven, you of can't you tickle can. yourself. I bet. Well, Gabby I'm actually can. no, but I'm not ticklish. Was that you definitely can't. 
<laughs> no, but, but that's all part of the same thing. Some people are more ticklish than others, but you, nobody can tickle themselves. Nobody. Nobody. Even people who are really... Even, even Mr. Tickle can't tickle himself with those long arms. Even if they're really ticklish. You're really ticklish? Yeah. No. You can't tickle yourself. Are you really t- who's yeah. really ticklish in the you room? You can't tickle yourself. You can't keep your eyes open when you sneeze. You know that one? Yes, I um, know that one. By the way, mo- um, Diaries of a Motorcyclist Day 3. Okay. Yes. Yeah. How's it going? It's going very well. Uh, but I forgot, because I've not been on the bike for a year until this week. Yeah. I forgot I forgot that it's not the best idea to sneeze when the visor's down on the M4. <laughs> That's, oh, not, that's not great. Christopher. <laughs> not, Sorry. What did you do? What? What did you I do just afterwards? About re- no, I just oh, about remembered. remembered in time. It was such a panic. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, God, I'm going to sneeze. Second only to, to uh, on a hot day, like today's going to be, so you yeah. have your visor up when you're going home. Because think about, you know, on a motorbike, you're chilly on the way, no matter what you're wearing. And if you have to over-clothe on the way in, on a day like today, you're sweating on the way home. And it's all protective, so you have to really wear it yeah. either way and either way. If you don't, you're silly, silly Billy. Uh, but that's second only, sneezing with your visor down. Second only to, to visor up yes. on a day like today to try and get some natural air conditioning around your noggin. Yes. Wasp, right? <gasps> Wasp flies into your helmet. You panic so much. In your panic, you close your visor. No! <laughs> That's the worst thing that can happen to you, you and your helmet, whilst you're on your motorbike. It's, oh, the, wor- it's the worst thing. Has it happened? Thing. Yes, it happened. And, then, and did it sting you? No, no. What, well, what happened was I had, to, I had to throw my motorbike down. Thankfully, it was at a red light. So I threw my motorbike down, and then I went around the road like this. Ah! Ah! <laughs> and everyone's like, what's wrong with that bloke on the motorbike? <laughs> why is he? Why is he jumping up and down, smacking himself is on the head, hurting his hands on the helmet? And I couldn't get the blimmin'. And it, I also, I had a pair of sunglasses on, and then the boss panicked and, and took cover in between my glasses and my eyes. Poor wasp. I felt really sorry for the wasp because he didn't know what the heck was going, going on. And he was saying, he was trying to say, look, I wasn't even going to sting you, OK? This is as bad for me as it is for you. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. The best entertainment all in one place. On Virgin Radio. Our next guest is the front man of a truly great British band, putting the finishing touches to their eagerly awaited seventh album and with some massive summer shows lined up, I predict a great interview with a man that never misses a beat. Oh, my God, I can't believe Believe it, it's the right good Ricky Wilson. Ricky Wilson. Ricky. Is, is, that, is that all he does? <laughs> no, it's not actually. But let's not get into, onto that because it takes up most of each show when I guess poses that particular question. So, Ricky, you're here. Now, what the heck were you banging on about while that record was playing that we can talk about on the radio? Uh, I've got a, my shoulder popped out. Oh, dear. I know. So you dislocated your shoulder. It hasn't popped back in yet. Okay, you can pop it back in yourself. I, I, no, I did do it. I did if it, it happens a lot. I mean, it's not well, recommended. Have you done it yourself? No, I've never. I've, I've helped other people do it because I had a friend and her shoulder used to pop out all the time yeah. and she treated herself to an MX-5. Morning, Lisa. And um, it was before they had electric roofs and every time she turned around... <laughs> oh. It, it used to happen to her up. all the time. You know, Lisa, yeah, don't yeah. you? Really well. And... Um, no, she'd be like, oh, it won't be a minute. My shoulder's popped out again. And she would just stand against the wall. Like this, she'd go, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I did. And Ricky's here to talk about a gig, a stadium gig at Ellen Road in Leeds. Because she's playing Ellen Road and then, the month after, playing Wembley Stadium with The Who. Oh, yay. How did that happen, Ricky? Because The Who like us. How do you know The Who? Uh, you know the who. I know the who, but how do you know the who? Well, Roger, he goes, oh, he, stay lucky, you know. Uh, do you want to play? Yeah. 
dice one. No, come on, how did it, actually, it happen? It was Pete, actually. So how, Pete. how, how, how? I don't know, he just said, we're playing a gig, do you want to play? And but then... how does that happen? By email, does he call you up? Do you meet him in a bar? Do you go around to his house? Uh, what happens? Uh, 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 <laughs> no, no. Just... Ricky, he has his good days and his bad days. How was Ricky Hey, that was, that's the Kaiser Chiefs song. <laughs> good days, bad days. It was our seventh single. Um, yeah, uh, email from Pete. <laughs> Do you want to play? Yes. We're playing Ellen Road, the stadium. The stadium. Are we a stadium, Max? Home I don't think so. You're about to find out. Uh, well, we've done it before. You have done it before. Um, now, you've, you've so a great way to learn to play stadiums is to play with bands on Who their headline tour. Yes. So, so, so who have you played uh, with in the past? In stadiums? Yes. Well, I've played with you too, as you well know, because I fell off your shoulders at a U2 gig. And then you I, couldn't play the next one because of it. Because, yeah, I, I uh, watched... About 4.8 seconds of uh, U2 on Chris's shoulders until he dropped me. Well, I didn't necessarily what? drop you. You were trying to dance and you forgot you were on an actual other person at the time. <laughs> yeah, I did. And Sorry. we were in Portugal. And it was, was it Portugal? Hot. It was in Portugal. It was in Porto in Portugal. Uh, How were you on his shoulders, though? Because he played the support gig for U2. I was at the gig anyhow because my best mate, who's Portuguese, who's my best man at my wedding, um, not my... Oh, yeah, no, my last one. And... Um, he uh, he wanted to go and see U2, so as a surprise, I took him to U2. And then we got to stand where the engineers, um, the sound desk is, because it's the best point uh, yeah. for sound in the yeah. stadium, which is why it's where it is. Yeah. And then Ricky, because he was it in was the... the day I met him as well. Because he was in the band. Yeah. That supports, yes. So he gets a, a few perks as well, because he's actually a, a part of the set, part of the running, part of the lineup. Get a few perks. You raided our rider. <laughs> did I? I didn't mean to raid your rider. <laughs> Sorry, I had no, no idea. Doing our... it. Come on, come on, tell the story. So okay. then, I stood yeah. on, then I got on his shoulders. He said, I can't see. Can I, can, can I get on your shit? No, like a kid would get on. Like, like yeah. a kid. And you just like, said yes, no is, problem. I'd never met Chris Evans before. Mm. That sounded like Wogan. Chris Evans before. And you thought I'd just jump on his shoulders? Well, he's very tall in real life. <laughs> yes, he is. I'm useful at gigs for smaller <laughs> people. <laughs> Yeah, so I got on his shoulders. It was like, I've known Chris a long time. I've never said, can I sit on your shoulders? Well, yeah, but if you had it done, I would have said yes. Yeah. Oh, well, and then dropped you. No, I wouldn't Gabby. have dropped Gabby. I wouldn't have dropped Gabby. You only have to ask. Gabby, okay, I Gabby for obvious reasons, especially back then, Rick, was less droppable and <laughs> remains less droppable than Ricky. <laughs> Is that fair or not? Yes. As friends, enough. we can say that, can't we? I was big. In fact, wasn't that the turning point for you? Wasn't that? I thought. Was I thought that, so. If I can't get on Chris's shoulders, and stay there. <laughs> was that and, the stay, t- and stay there? I'm going to lose a stone. Was that the tipping point? It was. <laughs> hey, I did celebrity tipping point last year. Did you? How was it? I'm not going to tell you because it's no. I don't. They've never shown it. <laughs> it was that good. I was too good. Who, no, because who got, keeps a Ricky Wilson tipping point in the can? No, Why would you I got so competitive. Right. No one else answered the question. <laughs> That's why I was straight to the final. Did they all go home? They all went home. I won't tell you how it ended, but I won. <laughs> Did anybody die? Uh, right. Um, no, okay. but I, and you know what? What? I gave the money to Roger Daltrey. That's why we're supporting the For Teenage Cancer Trust. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's nice oh, well, well done. That's brilliant. Uh, yesterday, I forgot to have my health drink. That's just one for you, this. I forgot to have my health drink yesterday. Well, I couldn't have it because I didn't get home from work till half past five. Uh, but then I went to the pub and I had a Pims because it was Pims o'clock and it was a sort of Pimsy kind yes, of day. It and was. it's a Pimsy kind of weekend and it's a Pimsy kind of time of year. You can't and just I, put a clock after things. No, I know. Uh, but um, we've got to explain the the conversation so I will um, so what I want to know is how much nutritionally what's the value of a Pims what can I get out of a Pims Ooh, how much fruit was there in yes, it quite people, a lot of fruit oh they're fine did you eat the fruit yes I did okay. yeah, I always no. leave the fruit till the end don't you and then really yeah. enjoy it it's like, a, it's, like the, it's like the bubble gum at the bottom of a screwball I don't like Something. that <laughs> Get rid of the fruit. It's like sang- sangria. I don't know what you like about it. 
like at the moment, mate. You have no idea what you like or don't like. You think you're in the Kaiser Chiefs. I used to be. You think you're Ricky Wilson. It's hilarious. You don't like the fruit in a Pim's. Likes the fruit Can you imagine pims. if Ricky had a Pims now on top of the painkillers? Oh, I would love a Pims. Somebody okay, get can, a Pims. Can we get one in? We're on till 10. <laughs> Someone get me a Pims. Be hilarious. All right, we're going to play Kaiser Chiefs. Oh, my God, now. This is a record store day celebration, oh, is isn't it? The, is, this, is this the original version? Yes, it is, my friend. Here we go. Rock and roll by Kaiser Chiefs. And oh, my wow. God, original version from vinyl. A Peanut. vinyl revival. Peanut and Nick uh, produced this. Good. Excellent. Right, while he's playing, come on, just be semi-serious for a sec. Yeah. Just take us back to recording that demo, because that is absolutely awesome. Te- come on, take us through it. Uh, we made a TP out of mattresses. And this is all true? Yeah, uh, in my bedroom. Yeah. Uh, I can remember doing the vocals, and at the very last minute, we changed the line from, uh, it was, left to our own resources, like only fools and horses. <laughs> Please bring that back. Well, um, and then, yeah, I can remember it. And then Peanut and Nick uh, produced this and they called themselves the Milky Boys because they drank lots of tea, but they liked it very milky. (laughs) (laughs) Rock and roll lives, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Rock and roll lives. (laughs) Do you know what? With mattress teepees and over milky tea. It was such a happy time. Of course it was, you can tell. Because we, we had loads of hope. And it was a time, you know, when suddenly everything shifts in your life to being like, it's going to work. Yeah. And you suddenly go, you, you stop worrying know, about it you? and you just, just go, you know what? It, it's too good. Yeah. It's too good it's to gonna fail. It's going to be okay. Yeah. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. Our next guests have made over a thousand dishes on live TV, which is no mean feat. With the very best of their recipes now available in the new Sunday Brunch Cookbook, please welcome the Jay-Z and Beyonce of Sunday Morning TV. It's Tim Lovejoy and Simon River. Morning, gentle folks. Morning. How are we today? Good. Excellent. Good. Nice to see you, Simon. Nice to see you, Tim. So let's have a look at that intro again. Our next guests have mm. made over a thousand dishes. Our next guests, plural, have made over a thousand dishes, Simon. Plural. Yeah. Our guests have made, okay. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I like that. Uh, with the very best of their recipes, plural yeah. again, Simon. Yeah. And yeah. uh, now available in the new Sunday Brunch Cookbook. Uh, it is Sam Rimmer and Tim Lovejoy talking. Yep. You all right with all yeah. that? Yes, of course I am, Chris. It's it's a perfectly balanced cookbook. We've, we've shared everything. Yeah. Tim, Tim, how many recipes in the cookbook are you re- are responsible for? Only one, Chris. Perfect. But <laughs> that's all I needed. That's all you need. All I needed is to make it onto the cover of the book. Okay, one. Change your word. Take a third. That's what the old songwriters used to say, wasn't it? <laughs> Is that? Yes, oh, that's is good. it? So they used to get sent. Yeah, so like really famous singers got got sent a song completely written by somebody else who desperately wanted them to sing their song because then they get all the royalties. And so the singer said, "Yeah, no, I really like it. Apart from that, that line there, I just need yeah, to change that." Yeah. And the legal thing is, if you change a word, you take a third. So I should go through all his recipes, just <laughs> change an ingredient. But Tim, what 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 are the ingredients in your recipe that you've written? What tuna. is your recipe? It is the kung fu tuna. It's it's yeah. been the most popular recipe we've ever had on the show. What, pa- what, pa- what page <laughs> is it on? Uh, I don't know. It's in the middle somewhere. Oh, you okay. don't even know what page it's on. Well, why am I learning page numbers? <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to see so if it's the just... most thumb page because our yeah, this, our team have taken your book home and actually cooked things it's... from it. Look at that side. Look at that. That's uh, marvelous. Mira's beautiful. dish last night. What is that she's cooked there? Uh, oh, it's a chili aubergine. It's one of my favourites. That's nice. Okay. Although. Uh, oh, oh. Yeah, she's doing it 
vegan because the chili aubergines in the in the book has a little bit of uh, feta on. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, she, she, are you fully vegan now, Mira? No. Or not? no okay. No, but I eat loads of vegan food. I eat less and less meat. I think you do as well. <laughs> I was talking to Mira behind oh, sorry. you. <laughs> That's why I said Mira <laughs> and not Simon. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I was. Ex- <laughs> I was excited. Is that your real name? Is this a big show for secret? <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's Mira Rimmer. I'm just a persona. All right. Uh, so, how long has Sunday Brunch been going now, Tim? Oh, God, I don't know. Um, ten years? Oh, no. Uh, six years? Six years. Six years. Is it six years? But we did, we did, did we do four before? Or did we do five? We've been working together... Eleven years? Twelve short years, <laughs> Timothy. And how, did, really how did cooking get... To, whose decision was it at the production meeting, Tim, before you hit the air yeah. to get to get cooking on? Do you remember no, that moment? No, I was called into the BBC right. and then they said, look, we've got this show for you, but we're not sure you want to do it. Right. But, but some bloke in the office thinks you'd be good for it. Right. We've lost our presenter, who was Andy Peters. Andy Peters. Right. Um, there's Simon and Amanda Hamilton. If you go on there and just see how you get on with the pilot. And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll turn up and do it. So it was already the show was there and I just chipped up at the end right. like, I would, like I'm doing with a cookery book. <laughs> 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 it's working. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. And, then, and we just met, got on, and it was like brilliant. And they were going, do you really want to do it? And I'm like, yeah, I'd love to do that. Because I just think it, I love live TV like yourself. It's so. a fun show. And there's very few opportunities like Sunday Brunch for people to work on and to watch nowadays. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Now, what about Saturday and Sunday? brunch together or you know, every time there's a bank holiday weekend you go Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday what about that? I wouldn't mind it I kind of <laughs> he's like no I'm alright thanks <laughs> Chris at the moment I'm working one day a week and I'm <laughs> and you're loving it <laughs> and I really like <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind doing Saturday and Sunday yeah I yeah. wouldn't mind doing a bank holiday as well bank That's holiday would be good, good yeah. well, it shows up and running you know what you're doing and, you yeah. know, and it, isn't it isn't, what do they call it they call it the economy of volume or whatever they call it you know when, when a show is up and running like yours is to do another one to do 100% of another one costs about 5% of the original cost anyway our, so why wouldn't our you our show started at an hour and a half long yeah. and two hours two and a half three and one week, because they mucked up the F1, um, what do you call it, scheduling, they made us go four, four hours. Four hours. Right. And it still kept its ratings. And they went, hold on, guys, can we think about it? <laughs> four hours. But actually, I wouldn't mind going four or five hours every week. Yeah. So you'd rather stay on for one day but go longer? Just the whole day. What about, <laughs> what about Friday night? Don't you do t- oh, I'd love to do Friday I think, night. I yeah. think what to do telly Friday needs, night. or telly could do with, you know, in my opinion, I, I think a, a long, long Friday night show that starts at 10 and finishes whenever it wants to. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would yeah. be great. These two uh, reparations very kindly um, invited us on their show to talk about this show. And I said, look, I'm, I'm, that's, I'm very flattered, but, um, but if you want me to stand by guest, just say so, right? <laughs> and so, what, so I'm happy to go on Sunday Brunch as a guest any time in the next year, but only, and I promise this is true, right. and I promise I'll do it, okay. uh, unless I have a massive family commitment, unless I can't do it, I promise I'll do it, but I'll only do it if you call me after six o'clock on a Saturday and I'm a genuine standby guest, because so many people are infuriated when they suspect they're standby guests and somebody else has been bumped and it's a last-minute phone. <laughs> I love it. I'm happy to help my telly mates out and go, no, standby guest, yes! A super standby guest in the Tiger Woods fashion. You know, I sweep down and, yes, here I am, standby guest time. So you are such a good guest. We're, we're every every week now. We're going to hope someone drops out. Yeah, but I will. Seriously, I'm happy to be a standby guest, but I won't be a guest. What guest. if we manufactured it so someone dropped out? Would you be upset? As long as I didn't find out about you, you'd be okay, fine. Okay, oh. fine. But I'd have my ways. Like my ways and my means. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. The best entertainment all in one place on Virgin Radio. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. He's one of the most diverse actors working across stage and screen, with an incredible array of dialects in his repertoire. Currently on stage as Chris Keller in the Arthur Miller classic All My Sons, please welcome the marvellous Colin Morgan. Good morning, Colin. Hey, good morning. Has it started, the play? Yeah, so we had our first preview there on Saturday night. Right. Uh, and we're in previews uh, all this week into early next week, and then we have our, our press night on Tuesday next week. Because we had yeah. Jen in a couple of weeks ago yes. uh, talking about similar, mm. and she was very excited about it. Um, how did the first one go in front of actual other human beings? Well, that's the exciting and the scary thing about it because you spend this five-week period inside a rehearsal room, very intimate, very close uh, family, and then suddenly you're on a stage and you're you're exposed and you're raw and you're, you're sharing it with a thousand people. Um, and it's making that shift, making that adjustment from... Uh, from that room into uh, an actual theatre. Um, but we're lucky that it's such a great theatre. The Old Vic is such a, an amazing building, an amazing stage to be on. But you got, it's, it's a privilege and a pleasure as uh, amidst all the fear. So the Old Vic, the Young Vic is just down the road, isn't it? Yeah, Young Vic's just down the road. Down, yeah. As I recall, the Young Vic's got an amazing bar. It does, yeah, yeah. It's 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 got it's got that vibe about it. I mean, it's it's brilliant. So so the Ovik and the Young Vic, never the twain shall meet. Oh yes, the twain shall meet. Yeah, and it does. They're on the same road. Uh, and I, in fact, my first year uh, at a drama school, I spent a year on the cut on that road. I did a play. My first play was at the Young Vic. Then my second play was at the Old Vic, and then my third job was back at the Young Vic. Really? So, uh, and now ten years later, I'm back at the Old Vic. So, Sorry, you've yeah, been yeah. at it a while, then, haven't you? We will. Yeah, yeah. How old are you now? Uh, I'm 33. See, I, d- I would have had you down for like 25, 26. Because I, oh. saw, I saw you in Simon's film. Simon came on. Because you weren't well, you were going to come on and talk about the film. But you, you... I was so sick that day. I'm sorry. I wanted to come on. But, oh, no, uh, you know, yeah. don't worry about that. Uh, great film, by the way. How's it doing? Uh, yeah, really good, really good. It's gone down so well. Uh, Benjamin was was a script I read that um, Simon Amstel had written and was uh, immediately after, after reading it, I was so um, taken in by it and I desperately wanted to be a part of it. I'm lucky Simon took a risk and brought me on board and we had the best time you're, doing it. You're hardly a risk. Oh, God, <laughs> Everything's a risk. It's It's got to be a risk, otherwise, you know, it, if it's safe... It's it, uh, maybe complacency could creep in, It depends, in, right? doesn't it? You're, you're absolutely right, of course, but it depends mm. who's behind the risk, you know. It, I suppose. And that's when it gets really exciting. <laughs> this is risky, but look who's involved. It's probably <laughs> going to be all right, but maybe it won't be. Yeah, exactly. Who knows? Exactly, everything, you know. Um, but yeah, the best time doing it. Simon is such a great director, my goodness. I like him as a human being. Oh, he's so too. gentle, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, he's so clever. Very, very he's clever. Like, very clever, yeah. He never said the word action once on set. It was always... Whenever you're ready. Right. I know, it's just And he told me this story about you keeping your accent. Yes, to, yes. To, to just, can you recount that story again for us? Well, I'm more or less... I, th- I think you're very good at accents. I love accents. Does he not know this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was not up for me utilising that skill whatsoever. No, he was very much, you know, he, he was right. Uh, you know, I haven't really got a chance to use my accent very much. Um, and... I initially just assumed I went in and I did my standard neutral English because I'm I'm used to being told to drop my accent all the time. So um, I just assumed, but so it was quite refreshing for him to say, "No, do it, and you, do it on your own." I want it very much to be you. I want there to be no barriers between you, the character, the script. Make it all one, and um, and that was so refreshing. And actually, it, it gave a lot of uh, pathways and opened a lot of things that 
for humour and expression that mightn't have been there if, yeah, yeah. if I hadn't have done that. It's a beautiful film. It's up for some awards already, I think, isn't it? Oh, as, as well, I yeah. So. I, I need to I need to catch up and find out. But oh, it's, no. it's, go, it's been going down so well. It's so. a great film, Benjamin. All right, well, you're great. And um, why wouldn't you want to go and see uh, Colin and the gang? Sally Field, by the way. Yes. Okay. Uh, London's Ovic Theatre previews began on Saturday the 13th. Press night Tuesday the 23rd, and runs until Saturday the 8th of June. You're a delight. We thought you were you would be, uh, and you you're more than we ever hoped you could be. So oh, thank, thank you, you so much. Thanks. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. Have you ever regretted a bit of <laughs> a bit of home improvement? A paint that just ain't working. Bathroom tiles getting you riled. Well, no more. Joining us now ahead of her new virtual reality property makeover show, Your Home Made Perfect, tonight on BBC Two. It's the virtually perfect Angela Scanlon. It's tonight. It's on BBC Two. Kevin McLeod, Grand Design. She's coming to get you. There's a new makeover. Sheriff in town. Of course, we know Kevin and we like him, and he's on our shoulder. And we all call him for proper advice off the air, so I'm sure he won't mind this. Anyway, it's, it's Kevin, of course, builds brand new homes. It's an entirely different thing. Yeah. Uh, but this is a bit of that, isn't it? Good morning, Angela, by the good way. Good morning. Thanks for having me. This is swanky new digs, isn't it? Yes, good, it's good. I like oh. your cardi coat. Thanks. Is it a cardi coat? Is that a cardigan? A coat? Is that what you call them? Yeah. Coatigans? Coatigan. Yeah. And what was the other thing? The the, the shirt? A shacket. Shacket. It was a shacket, wasn't Jeggings. it? Jeggings. The shacket. Was there a the pullover and shirt at any point? Was there... Shul... No, that no. one. Shullover? Shullover. Let's, do, let's go. <laughs> anyway, very nice. Coatigan. Very nice. And uh, and um, nail varnish to match. Is that on purpose? Blue. No, that's not on purpose. Well, this it is goes week perfectly. Oh, thank you. Oh, come oh, on now. I also really like your socks. Do you? They are some kick-ass socks. Do you know what they're called? Yeah. Shockleys. Socknies. Socknies. Is it David Hockney? Of course. They're called Sockney. Yes, they're great. Um, you can see them on Instagram. Yeah. Instagram at Virgin Radio UK. And nice. um, so your new show, we've all seen it and we like it a lot. It's very, very good. It features. It, it's got. It's got tears. It's got tantrums. It's got floor tiles. It's got everything you need <laughs> for a makeover show, hasn't it? It does. Yeah. Um. It is. Yeah. It's a. It's a bit mad actually because it's using virtual reality, which I think a lot of people think of as for gaming or, you know, maybe you've walked by a certain tech shop and tried it on and done a bit of painting in it. You know, it's it's quite disconcerting. Have you ever used VR goggles? VR goggles? Yeah, virtual what? reality goggles, like for uh, gaming or or anything. No. Me? Yeah. No. <laughs> I heard you got rid of your phone altogether. Got rid of my phone altogether, okay. got a rescue dog and still running. So I couldn't be further away from that from virtual that. very happily. But I know okay. it's useful for some people. It is very useful. And so basically the show, yeah, uh, people come in, they hate their house, sometimes they hate each other and they want a a new home. Right, now that's very interesting. Psychologically, let's just pause there. Okay. <laughs> do they hate their house because they hate each other or do they hate each other because they hate their house? Hard to know. Interesting though, isn't Chicken it? egg situ. And it actually it is. There's a, there's a lot of tension and there's a lot of kind of, if your house, because you think of, oh, like you mentioned floor tiles and obviously it's aesthetics, isn't it? And you want a house to look nice and to feel good when you're in it. But if it doesn't work, it can actually be really, um, yeah, really difficult for families to exist in that in that space. Did you, did you discover anything yourself from these genius people that you've been working with, the design team, the architects and the engineers and the structural engineers uh, and the interior... Uh, design people uh, that you've now taken or want to bring into your own life? Well, so previously... Everything. Everything, everything, yeah. yeah. I mean, I have to say, I probably... I I think a lot of people would think, you know what? I know what I want. I know what I like. So I'll just get the builder to do it. Skip the architect. But actually, the way they see things is so 
incredible and the solutions that they they find. There's a thing called a light well or a light scoop, which is like game changer. Any house, it's basically a hole in the wall that lets light in, but it totally changes the feel of a room. And how, and then you can, if you're brave, paint it in a certain colour so that when the light comes in, it reflects off it so it gives a little hue to the room. It's lovely, but light is the big yeah, thing. Yeah, and you can guide the light from those light tunnels. So you can go, you can bend it around corners. Yeah. We, we had one in our old house and it came from the ceiling and it went around a couple of corners and it went around a very, ended up over a very dark corridor upstairs. And we actually had three in the end. And it yeah. was it transformed that corridor completely. So clever, so simple. Did you get them to VR your house? No, oh, I'm what? the same as Chris. I'm in a rental, but like I definitely think if I was doing this, um, and once like costing is not prohibitive, 100. This is the way to do it. And also, like you said, Caroline wanted to do that. You couldn't quite get on board. Maybe that's because in your head you can't visualise it. That's a problem for a lot of people. <laughs> it was one of those and things. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to say. But people see men. You were very kind there, Angela. Yeah. The race should have been the opposite. That's, not, that's a huge problem for a lot of men. Um, uh, I can see it now, though, and yeah. I really enjoy it. But now it. that it's yeah. been built. Now that, yeah. it's gone, now that you grumbled for six <laughs> The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. From growing up in apartheid South Africa to hosting one of the biggest and best late night shows in America, our next guest has been named one of the 100 most influential people in the world by Time magazine. And after reading his book, Born a Crime, it's easy to see why. Please welcome the incredible Trevor Noah. Good morning, Trevor. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much for staying up so late to talk to us. Uh, so, Trevor, before we talk about your book, your new take on your own book uh, for the younger reader, um, how is Mr. Trump and uh, the world of Twitter at the moment from your point of view? <laughs> You know what? I think I think people have gotten used to Mr. Trump and his tweets, which is a which is a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. I feel like um, everyone used to be shocked every single morning or every single evening, depending on where they are in the world. But now people have gotten to the place where you know the sun rises, the Trump tweets, and then we know that it's another day. Well, last night he was he, his latest tweet um, to to hit us over here in uh, Europe was him giving advice to the Paris Fire Department on how to put out their beloved Notre Dame Cathedral. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how Donald Trump has advice on what everyone should do everywhere around the world, except in his own country. Um, you know, whenever people ask him questions about what to do in the U.S., he always answers with the same thing. He always says, I'll get back to you, folks. We'll be looking at that, and we'll get back to you. Yeah. We'll totally get back to you. Now, do you think, do you think um, that, uh, that your predecessor on uh, The Daily Show, do you think John would ever have left had he imagined Trump was going to come to power? Because that is a rich vein of comedy there waiting for you, isn't it? You know what? Part of me thinks he would have stayed if he knew that Trump was going to come into power. But at the same time, I think he might have left because he would have been so disappointed in America. Right. So I, I think it's like a 50-50. He could have gone either way. All right. Now, listen, your book, um, uh, Dapper Dave, who's, who works on the show, he's read it all. I, I've, I've scanned it, to be honest, but uh, it's fantastic. This is a new take on, on your book that was out a couple of years ago, Four Kids. It's Trevor Noah, Born a Crime. So first of all, tell us about the title. And then can you tell us in a minute how the heck you you... You, your empirical rise to fame from Joburg to, to North America. How did all that happen? Over to you, my friend. Well, the book Born a Crime um, gets its title from my life. I was born in South Africa to a black mother and a white father during apartheid, which was against the law. And so, you know, as fundamental as it sounds, I was born a crime. I was illegal. 
Uh, I couldn't live with my family. I was considered a different class citizen to both of my parents. And that's what the book is all about. And I guess the journey takes you through my life growing up in South Africa, moving into democracy, living with a single mother, growing up in a world and a country where there's a lot of tension and violence, and then coming out on the other side into something beautiful. And I mean, that became the journey that I moved into my stand-up comedy, and my stand-up comedy is what got me to The Daily Show, and The Daily Show is what got me onto your breakfast show. Well, fantastic. And your Instagram account, we've, we're just new to Instagram, okay? We are way behind, way behind here, Trevor. Uh, not, not in Britain, by the way, just, just on my show particularly. <laughs> on, and, you know, Britain's pretty much up to speed. It's just me that's lagging behind at the dusty old age of cobweb-ridden 43. Uh, sorry, 53. Oh, no, God, uh, 53. Um, now, you've got 4 million followers. C- can you give us some Instagram tips? What, what, what do people like to see? Oh. Instagram tips. Okay, people like to see pictures of you with puppies. People like to see pictures of you with Rihanna. And then people like to see pictures of you topless. Go with those three pictures and you'll be up like ASAP. No, just, in... just repeat those three pictures over and over again. I'll be in jail. Uh, it's, we, we don't have a Rihanna over here. Also, we don't have an Oprah because you, you're often pictured with Oprah and Rihanna, aren't you? Oh, well, I, I was lucky to have Oprah on my show. So, yeah, that, that was a... That was a one-off, and uh, and I guess I was a guest on her show before. So, you know, Instagram Instagram is a lot more deceiving than it seems. It'll make you believe people are living lives that they aren't. That's that's a lot of what Instagram is. So if you're good at faking it, then Instagram is for you. All right, no, perfect. In that case, 100%, yeah, on board. Okay, so um, what does it feel like now to be, you know, you've been cited as one of the 35 most powerful people in New York, you know, and we all know Spider-Man's uncle says with great power comes great responsibility, but also great <laughs> great opportunity. For you. I mean, you can really make a difference now, and you are doing, aren't you? Well, I, you know what I try? I, I try not to take myself too seriously. I also try not to take a job too seriously because at the end of the day, I'm still a comedian. And, you know, in the world of satire and in comedy, you also have to live in a space where you don't take what you do too seriously because you're trying to make a mockery of the world you live in. So, so I, I, I see it as an opportunity. I see it as, as an obligation. But at the same time, I see it as a platform where I get to make people laugh. And that's what I'm trying to do at the end of the day, is make you laugh about what's happening in the world. And if you learn a little bit about what's going on in the news, then I've done double the job. You know, producing The Daily Show, you know, how much work does it take? Because it is gang-busting funny. It's as tight as a drum. It's funny. It's relevant. It's brave. It's pioneering. It's as fresh as the daisy. How do you do it day in, day out? Well, thank you. I mean, I, I, have, to, I have to say my team does it. You know, we, we work so hard on every single show. And it's, it's really difficult because everybody wants you to get every piece of information about their story into the show. So if we're doing a story on Brexit, there's always someone in the UK who's like, oh, that's not the full story, Trevor. That's not all of it. And I like, yeah, but that's all we've got the time for right now. And, you know, someone in America will get angry. And then someone in, like, South Africa will get angry. And people, people always feel like you haven't given enough time to their story. But that's all you can really give is the time that you have. So, so that's what we try and do. Okay, well, next time somebody contacts you complaining about the fact you've not given Brexit enough time, just say to them, well, look, it, it's, it would take us three years to give it the actual real time. What do you want? <laughs> what is it you want? Three and a half, we've just been given the extension of three and a half years. The Brextension, we're looking for Brextasy, is what we're after here now. That's hilarious. You guys, yeah, you guys are edging. You're just teasing 
It's, it's, I like it. It's gone from an instant pulling out to more of a tantric situation. So, <laughs> so you know, it's, it's, it's Britain enjoying this process. I, I, I appreciate it. Well, enjoy is not a word we use, but uh, I know what you're saying. Uh, listen, Trevor, thanks so much for staying up for us. Are you going straight to bed now or have you been working? What, what, are, what are you doing right now apart from this? The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. We know him as the moustached Prince Albert in ITV's Victoria. Now he's donning a communist cap in the highly anticipated new film Red Joan. Here to share the fascinating story of the Cambridge student turned Soviet spy, it's the deflated Manchester United fan, oh, Tom no! Oh, no, Tom, sorry. I know, I know, Can't I believe know. you mentioned that. I'm trying to get warming up for the interview, Sorry, Dave. The wonderful Tom Hughes. Yay! Oh, no, we're going to have to talk about Man United. Well, we, are. <laughs> we are, aren't we? Heartbreak central, eh? Did okay. you really think you'd win? Yeah, of course I did, yeah. <laughs> Ollie's at the wheel, isn't he? Where yeah. did you watch it? I watched it in the, in the George on Haverstock Hill, which Oh, no finer place to watch football, Matt. No finer place in the world to watch oh. football, no, yeah. It was pretty devastating, pretty devastating. Okay. I was just saying outside, 1994, when we lost 4-0 on the way to Barcelona, it was kind of a shift for Man United. So I'm clinging to the hope this is like the, the start of a new dawn and the next 10 years are going to be a reflection of the 90s. Good luck with that. All right, this is all I've got now. Sorry yeah. about this, Tom. This is all I've got. No, it's good, mate. No, no, no. no. no I'm apologising ahead of what I'm about to say. Okay. Uh, from the Reds to Red Jones. We. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's yeah, all I got it there was good. it was it's good. okay I, I liked it very so much so Red Joan is you and um, Dame Judi Dench and a whole lot of other very very talented people in a spy thriller that is a true story um, tell us a bit more about it because I don't know how much to not spoil Okay, uh, it's kind of a true story. It, it's inspired by a true story. There was, right. So there was a woman called Melita Norwood who was arrested in 1999. Right. And she'd kind of gone under, under the radar of MI5. And, but it, it, it transpired that back in the 30s, she'd been feeding information to communist Russia and, and more importantly, been feeding all the information about the nuclear armament that was happening in Britain. And so she kind of disappeared, but had been a very important you know, spy and, and feeder for Russia. And in 1999, at a in the latter years was arrested and was quite open about the fact that she'd always been a communist. Now this inspired a book about called Red, Red Joan, which is, is what the film is based upon, which it follows the story of a woman called Joan Stanley. And we meet her when she's arrested, which is when Judy Dench is playing the part. And then it, it flashes back to the Second World War when it's Sophie Cookson playing the part. In our story, Joan is it's not as, it's more ambiguous as to her political leaning, but she goes down a similar kind of path and there's ethical choices about information and is it fairer to share it, is it not? And it's all set in the backdrop of Second World War. And we see the, the, the woman later on in her life dealing with that whatever decision she made dealing with the the effects of that when did you make it uh, we made it about a year and a half ago <laughs> movies are so funny aren't they I remember when um, Emma Thompson talks about the writing the screenplay for Much Ado About Nothing you know and we do a radio show every day and it's over by 10 o'clock and you know if we, if we do one that we're not so proud of we try and do a better one the next day and we can fix it like that and you know um, but uh, I remember Emma Thompson said I was interviewing about Much Ado About Nothing she said, I said so how long did it take you to, to write the screenplay for Much Ado About Nothing Seven years. There's no way I to write the screenplay. So what have you done in between finishing this film and, and between, it coming out on Friday? Uh, I had a couple of pints, cycled my bike, <laughs> played some football, and then I filmed a second series, a uh, third series of a TV show. But well, you talked about it, yeah, uh, Queen Victoria, and then I've just literally three days ago finished a film of me playing a guy having a breakdown on an island with his dog with a three-inch beard and. Trapped on an island. Kind of dog. Uh, it was a, it was a sheep dog. 
and it's called Shuggy, but in the film it's called Baxter. How many dogs were there? How many Shuggies were there? Just the one. Just Come me. on, tell just, us the truth. It's true, man. Just me and Shuggy hanging out. Not like of... spare Shuggies? No, no spare Shuggies. Shuggy stand-ins? No, no, no Shuggy stand-ins. Shuggy wagons? No Shuggy wagons. No, no, just, just one pure thoroughbred Shuggy. How did it feel to shave the three-inch beard off? Like the best juice cleanse you could ever have in your life. <laughs> do you miss Shuggy? I'm, I do miss Shuggy. Would you yeah. miss most of the beard? No, definitely Shuggy. Definitely. I don't miss the beard. I bet you oh, can grow up. I, I can grow up. I find grey beard, it'd be rubbish. It'd look very pubic. You're a little You've bit bearded beard at the moment, yeah. <laughs> I've got that. I've got a bit of stubble. But it's not like holy. You know, some people grow a beard, it's got patches in it, and you go, oh, that's not See, Julian Assange's beard, considering he's been there for seven years, it wasn't a great seven year beard, was it? But I did he commit for seven years to that beard? I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. But I, for me, it wasn't. <laughs> it was a little bit Tom Hanks. Um, castaway. Castaway. Little, yeah, I'm a, bit, a little bit. I'm a bit concerned. My beard's going to go be be similar, you know, trapped on an island. No, but I you, bet yours is gorgeous. But I, I, it's, it's, not, it's not. It's certainly not gorgeous. But that that itchy thing is is. Look at Dave. Look at Dave. Look, look at his beard. Look at that beard. Now that's a beard. He's a dapper man, isn't he? He's a very dapper. man He had his haircut the weekend. I said, "Nice haircut." He said, "What, what do you think of the beard?" Because he had his beard done at the same time. I said, "It's a bit George Michael." He said, that's right. I like George Michael. Okay. Uh, right. I think we're done, Tom. Anything else you want to mention? Uh, Ollie's at the wheel. Ollie's, Ollie is at the wheel. Do you know what I mean? Is it going to be all right? It's going to be fine. Okay, okay. Yeah. Lifelong Man United fan. Lifelong Man United. Because fan. dad, brothers. Uh, no, my dad's an Everton fan. <gasps> my brother's a Liverpool well, I was fan. Because you you've got a Scouse twin. Yeah, right I on. have. Yeah, so, uh, and when I was born, I kind of, you know, I didn't know which way to go. So I was like, right, well, I'll go against you both. I'll be the rebel. I'll support Man United. And that was when they weren't so great. And then they got great. And actually, the most, the thing that consolidated it for me was my dad found out that when Man United played Liverpool away, they stayed at a hotel in Chester, which is where I'm from. And it was a day after my birthday April 19th my birthday's tomorrow so they were going to he was going to take me down and get the autographs because they were playing Liverpool away but he thought I can't take him because if, if they're not there we're going to let him down so we rang the hotel at 11 o'clock at night and said can I speak to Alex Ferguson please because if I say oh, the team there they're going to say no so they go yeah sure we'll just get him so Alex Ferguson comes on the phone goes hold says Alex and my dad's like panicking and I'm in bed I'm only 11 and he's like now I've got you Mr Ferguson would you mind speaking to my son so he's like, yeah, sure, no problem. So he wakes me up and goes, Alex Ferguson's on the phone. <laughs> Jesus Lord. Like, so I go down and I've, I'm never usually lost for words, didn't know what to say. Started panicking. He's asking me how I'm doing, saying happy birthday. I pull the phone and we didn't have loads of cash. So the phone cut out. So I'm like, Jesus, I'm going Alex Ferguson. Then he phones me back. So the phone rings and I answer and he's like, is that Tom? This is Alec. I did 14713. So I'm chatting to Alex Ferguson and he's like, who should I play tomorrow? And I'm like, drop. Pallister is useless. Next day we played, we won three one, and Pallister scored twice. So that's the, and that was the moment where I was like, forever I will be a Man United fan. Alex Ferguson is a gent and a scholar. That's the best story ever. <laughs> I actually don't think I'm here anymore. I think I'm back at home. I've only like me disco up in the afternoon. I've just dreamt that Tommy came on this morning to talk about his Judy Dench film. Then made up the story about how he became a Man United fan in in between uh, domestic Liverpool and Everton Ferrari. Honestly, that Tom, that is that is. Come in I, still, with that story. I actually still yeah. can't believe you said that story. True story. It's fantastic. True story, yeah. So that's why I'm a massive fan. <laughs> it's the best. So am I from now on. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I love the way he called you back. He called you. Where were well we, son? Played, well, Alex, seeing as you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Okay. Um, thank God you told us that story. Well, well, you know, you know. I needed to say thank you to him anyway, so if he's listening, there you go. Cheers, Alex Ferguson. Thank you very much. You need to nip upstairs to talk sport and tell him that story yeah. too. Oh, well. we, we can sort that out. All right. You've got a very good Alex Ferguson story, but that one's better, Tom. Oh, well, sorry. I can't remember mine anymore. Yours is that you went to... Cape Town for 15 minutes and the only person you saw there was Alex Ferguson. That is a true story. <laughs> yeah. But he never mentioned Tom to me. 
the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Bassos! Hello. We're still on the ground, but I still don't like Bill moving around because you, the whole uh, gondola wobbles yeah, a bit. Bass, you're not on the ground. You set your 18 floors up. How, how is that being on the ground? 18 floors up, resting on the terrace of the news building, and this is all very secure, but the thing is the gondola does wobble whenever you move. Hmm. There are... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, yep. nine people looking a little bit concerned uh-huh. around this gondola. Why, would, why are you all looking worried? I thought there was nothing to worry about. It's because you're in it. <laughs> Hello, Bill. <laughs> morning, Bill. Like the sound Good of you already. <laughs> Bill Mitchell is our regular window cleaner. I'm in his gondola. I'm on his turf. Bill, thank you for having me. I'm sorry I haven't been a very good guest. Am I right to be nervous? No, there's nothing to be nervous about. Except the height, the fact that those wires look really thin, and that's the only thing keeping us... Um, 20 ton breaking strong. Each of them. So there's four yeah. of those, so that's, that's 80 tons in total. And we're, 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 we're clipped in to the, to the gondola. Cradle. Cradle. When did you start cleaning windows, Bill? 40-odd years. But what is the most interesting thing that you've seen when you're cleaning windows? That you can talk about. Yes. <laughs> well, have you seen things that you, you can't talk of about? Of course he has. A He's few. A, cleaner. a few. <laughs> okay. That's we'll be, we'll be right say. back. We'll be right back. Vassus is on the 18th floor, but he's on the wrong side of the building, so he's got to go over the roof with his new friend Bill... I like the sound of Bill. I like the, the cut of Bill's jib. I mean, he obviously knows what's going on. He's 62 years old. He's been in this forever. He's just swinging a boatswain's chair for fun around lunchtime, around the whole of London with his little chamois in hand. Ambassadors, have you started moving yet? Yes, yes. We're moving. <laughs> we're up. We, we went up and over, and right. now we're heading down. Can yeah. you hear me? Yeah. So it swings about a bit, but then... Once you get used to that, right. it's quite nice up here, Bill, isn't it? I've seen a view of Southern Cathedral that very, very, very few who aren't pigeons have seen. London Bridge has never looked more beautiful under the blue skies of London. It's a little bit windy. Once we get our ties in. Oh, we're getting we ties in, are we? Yeah. Excellent. Right. Tell us about the ties. Here they are. Right. We got time. Yeah, we're we're on the radio, Bill. Where we want to go? Fourteen. Forget the ties. No, no, no. It's all right. We're not. We're not <laughs> in a hurry. The ties the are ties. important. I'm feeling the ties <laughs> are important. <laughs> forget the ties. Oh my you don't god. Forget them. <laughs> no, don't forget the ties. Oh dear. Please don't forget the ties. Are you on our side of the building yet? We're on your side of the building. Yeah. I can see trains going, but it looks like a model railway down below. London Bridge Station. Mind you, it looks like a modern rail, uh, a little model railway from inside the building, not just outside. There is something very special, Bill, about being outside, outside. a building like this, isn't there? Yes, nice view. What did you feel like the first time you ever got in one of these cradles? Yeah, of course, your stomach turns over. Oh, right. It doesn't happen no more. You can just get used to it. Well, I'm sort of getting used to it. So now what floor is that? I think that's 15 <gasps> or 16. <laughs> Have you seen anyone? So we just saw somebody. He was in his emails. Here we go, here we go. He was in his emails. <laughs> yeah, you see most people, they're not working. Yeah, there's Bill. Here we go. Come on. Can you see us? Look at that. Yeah, of course we can see her. <laughs> we... You look like Hanson Dick. Right, should we clean the windows? <laughs> yeah, let's do some. Uh, look at there that. you go. All right, hang on. By the way, Bill looks as fit as a Bill. Let's do the ties. He's 62 years old. We can't do the ties. He looks like 42. Bill, the thing is, I can't actually reach the building we're swinging at. You can, you hold on there. Look. Are we filming this? One there. Yeah. There we go. You're going round like that a bit. Oh, I'm I'm smearing the dirt. Yeah, because you ain't pushing hard enough. All right, hang on. I'm pushing harder. There we 
go. That's it. Is that nice? Yeah. No, that's no. I've smeared it again. Yeah, I know. Because look, the technique is you put it on the window, you don't <coughs> take it off. Let me show you. Why didn't we do the ties? Can we go back up <laughs> and do the ties? No, you, you swing if you got the ties in. It don't matter. You're swinging. It's a cradle. You're swinging. Right. Vassos is officially swinging okay. on the radio. So, Vassos, can you hear me? I can hear you. Hello, Chris. OK. I'm not being funny, but you have missed a bit. <laughs> no, you are He's being funny. Loads. So you're going to go back over the top of the building. Is that the best bit? Is it like going, like being on the top pod of the London Eye or something like that? It right. is. I mean, it is terrifying when the thing first starts, when the cradle starts going up and over the building. Right. It is terrifying. But then once you're here, yeah. you know, you trust the ropes. You know that you're, you know that you're um, clipped in nicely. Yeah. And the view of London is so immense. And being outside in the air in it, it feels like being a bird a bit, Bill, doesn't it? Yeah, it's nice. He's gone mad, hasn't he? Lost it. Altitude issues. All right, okay, thanks. Bye, Vassos. Bring him back. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast, and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.